What's going on, Bills Mafia? It's your boy, Eli Fox, the host of the All Day Buffalo podcast. I had a busy week. I'm not going to lie. I had to sit in a dealership for eight hours yesterday, Thursday for you people listening on Saturday or any other day. And it was like the most painful experience ever. (laughs) It was terrible. My car broke down, so I had to go and I basically had to find a new car. Um, I don't have my car yet, so I literally walked home from work today. (laughs) I'm very, very tired, Uh, but I mocked something up. I am excited to get talking about the Bills, so let's hop right into it. Let's waste no time. Um, These are the top five teams that I think the Bills should worry about and the the top five teams I worry about. Um, I'm going to do this from number five up to number one, Um, so we are just going to get right into it. Start it up. Let's go. Number five spot, I've got the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts could be good. As long as Wentz comes to play, and this team can win a lot of games. And I say that, I say that it's riding on Carson Wentz because we know as fans um, and people who watch football that the Colts' defense is really good. The defense is the best part of their team. They've got a great cohesive defensive unit that will most likely, I mean, at the least, keep them in every single game that they play. You know, it's just one of those defenses that you have to scheme up perfectly to beat them, and I don't see a lot of teams scheming them up like to just absolutely barn burn them. I I think that this Colts team is a 10-win team easily. I think that they're a 12, maybe a 12-win team. I think they are top four in the AFC. Um, I have them at top five because we don't know about Wentz yet. We don't know if we're going to get MVP Wentz or if we're going to get barely a starting quarterback Wentz. You know, there's a very large spectrum that comes with Carson Wentz. He's coming back to his boy Frank Reich, which is going to be big for him. Um, He's got decent weapons, uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, Michael Pittman, a USC guy. I'm a USC fan, so I love that. Um, But he's got and he's got a great running game behind him. So he's got weapons. He's got things to work with. And I think working under Frank Reich is going to be perfect for him. I think he's going to be right back in his element. And I think he's going to have a pretty decent season. I don't think he's going to be MVP caliber. I don't think he's going to be that guy that he was in Philly when he was putting up those crazy numbers, making crazy plays. But I think that he's going to be in a, he's in a really good place for himself right now. I think that he needed to get out of Philly. I mean, everyone's got to get out of Philly. That place is dump. It stinks. Got to get out of Philly to really reach your highest of potential. And I think that the fact that Carson Wentz did that is going to prove fruitful for him in the future, not only this year, but going further through his career. He's a young guy. He is not at the end of his career. It seems like he could be <laughs> because of how poorly he played, but he, he has a lot of football left in him, I think. And if he can have a good year, I think that can boost his confidence and that he's going to continue to be better um, as long as he's in the right situation. It seems like he is a quarterback that needs the perfect situation around him to truly succeed. Um, but we beat this defense last year. Getting back to the defense, we beat this defense last year. Got a bit better, but it got be- the Colts defense got a bit better. But Josh Allen has proven that he can tear up really any defense that's in his way. I mean, even the elite ones. Like, let's not forget Week 17. Josh Allen put on a show in like a quarter and a half. He put up like three touchdowns. And, and this Dolphins defense was supposed to be one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. Um, 
and 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 Josh Allen just tore him up. I mean, he did it to the 49ers. He did it year he did it to the to the uh Denver Broncos who had a solid defense. He just kept doing it every every single game. Um it seemed like he was dismantling some of the best defenses. So I have no doubts that Josh Allen and this offense can thrive against a good defense like the Colts, but that defense does worry me uh, because of how good they were last year, and I don't think that they got any worse this year. Um, and now that their offense is a little bit better, they don't have Noodle Arm Rivers anymore. I think that this team is definitely, I, don't, I wouldn't say that they're championship caliber, but they are deep playoff run caliber, in my opinion. So that, that is the reason why they are number five on my top five worry list. So let's go move on to number four. Talk about the Baltimore Ravens. I think that the Ravens are the fourth, the fourth most team we have to worry about. Lamar may not be your dream quarterback, but he's damn good with his legs, and he can toss the rock well enough if he needs to and if he wants to. Um, he's not a passing threat quarterback by any means, and you really can't change my mind. You can't change a lot of people's mind on that. You know, Lamar is not going to beat you through the air. Lamar will beat you on the ground and he is shifty and he is fast and he is quick and he makes spectacular plays and he's been doing it since high school. There's a, there was a viral video when I was in high school and it was this quarterback in this really dope uniform and he's running to the goal line and he all of a sudden he stops and stands up straight and then just walks into the goal line and kind of flips the ball to the ref. And I didn't know for the longest time that that was Lamar Jackson, but he's been doing this for so long. So you cannot count him out. He's got to be a player that you worry about. He won MVP. There's no reason to count Lamar out. Not yet. You got to see a lot of bad seasons strung together to count him out, in my opinion. Um, now, let's get to his weapons, though. Lamar is lacking exterior weapons. He's got Rashad Bateman now, um, and he's got Hollywood Brown. And I think he's got Sammy Watkins, who isn't really a weapon, in my opinion. He's solid, but he's not a weapon. Uh, so that worries me for him. You know, uh, I, I'm no Ravens fan, obviously, so I'm not worried about Lamar. But that makes me think that Lamar isn't going to continue on an MVP-type tear like he, he could. I think that he needs to throw the ball better if he wants to be MVP again, um, and he needs to keep going with his legs like he has been. But not only do they have Lamar, they also have a really good defense, um, and they've got franchise pieces. Marlon Humphrey is 100% that dude, and so is Patrick Queen. I really like Patrick Queen, um, but we showed the world that we can beat this team. Like, cool, you got a good, nice defense, and you got a flashy quarterback, but the Bills beat them by basically wearing them out. Um, it just seemed like as the game went on, the Ravens just fell apart more and more. Uh, the, 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 the center for the Ravens was, I guess, must have been the most worn out guy on earth because he couldn't place a, a snap perfectly to save his life and it ended up costing them the game in the end um Lamar got hurt and he couldn't come back in he got a concussion and that at that point the game was sealed um this was all after the one of the most amazing playoff plays of all time that Taron Johnson made running it back from the zero yard line taking it all the way to the house making one of the most electric plays of all time um at least for the playoffs so I, I worry to play the Ravens. Um, I don't worry until we have to play them deep in the playoffs because we don't have them on the schedule. But 
I think that this team can make some noise if they get the get their kind of get their shit in order. Uh, but they're not the most worrisome team, obviously, because I'm not afraid of Lamar. He's really, really good, but I don't think this this team should be afraid of him. I think that we had the perfect game plan for him in the playoffs. Um, so we don't have to be afraid of the Ravens. But we can worry a little bit. We uh, like we we need to know that this team is playoff caliber and that they can bring the noise if they have to. So let's move on to number three. This one is the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans made some big moves, some low-key moves. I mean, like, they didn't make many big moves, but they made one huge move. Absolute unit of an offense. Um, So that's running running through Tannehill. Tannehill is a lot better than most people give him credit for. He kind of flies under the radar as a really solid quarterback in the NFL. Um, He's just, I think a lot of teams would take Tannehill. I think that's, I think that, I think that, Maybe 15 teams would take Tannehill and, and, and be happy with him as their starting quarterback. Um, I think that he's that good. I think he's a, I think he's a top 15 quarterback. And I, I don't think that – I don't say that in a, in a rude way because it's, there's, 30 plus, there's 32 teams and, and um, 15 is what half of – basically half of that. Uh, so I don't mean that in a slight. I think that he's like probably in the 12 or 13, maybe 11 range and – because he, he can play really good ball when you need him to. Um, and he really benefits from having Derrick Henry. So let's get into his weapons. He's got a plethora of weapons. He's got Julio now. He's got A.J. Brown. He's got, he's got King Henry. And King Henry um, is basically who they run their offense through. They don't run their offense through Tannehill. They don't ask Tannehill to throw the ball 55 times, 50 times. They ask Derrick Henry to run the ball 30 times and open up the play action and get people open that way. Um, so that what, that's what makes me worried the most, I think, is their offense. The fact that they have Julio and A.J. Brown on a play-action-heavy team. These guys are people that can, they can, they can moss you. They can take the top off you. Uh, they can catch like congested, congested balls. And I, I just think that this, this, this offense is something that it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch in all honesty, and I think Julio is gonna have a pretty solid season uh, with this group. But it, it it it's a schemable offense, I think. If you can stop the run, and we did, we stopped Derrick Henry in that in that uh, that game that was just god awful in the end. Uh, but we did stop Derrick Henry. He didn't have a big game by any means, uh, but Tannehill beat us. But I think the real way to beat them is is take out Derrick Henry and make Tannehill beat you. Josh Allen was also injured. Our offense was, wasn't playing to its highest of caliber. And I think with a fully healthy Bills team and a fully healthy Titans team, those two offenses go at it. I think the Bills offense ends up being better in the end because of the Titans defense. The Titans defense is bad. They got rid of Jadavian Clowney, who, I mean, that's really the only, like, notable guy that I can think of on that defense. I mean, I think they have a Dory Jackson, too. Um, and then now they just got Caleb Farley. If Caleb Farley can, can, can prove that he's not an injury risk, he's also not going to be the guy. I mean, even if he can prove that he's not an injury risk, he's still not going to be the guy that's going to save a defense. Because especially against a team with 
that's like seven deep in, in receivers. Like we have guys that are better than the Titans DBs on the offensive side, just like straight through the roster. I think you can go all the way to Isaiah Hodgins where these guys can all, I think, one-on-one beat these Titans DBs. Um, I just think that it's, it's a no-brainer that this Bills offense could thrive on this defense. And I think it just – last year is kind of a bad mark to look at because it was such a weird – like that was like the weird COVID time and we were playing on a Tuesday and the game was supposed to be on a, a, a Sunday or a Monday and it was just like such a weird scheduling mishap that I think that really threw off the players. Um, that These guys are in like a routine, like a very solid routine – that if it's broken, it really breaks the, the whole chemistry of what's going on. And not the chemistry of the team, but the chemistry of like going into the game, knowing the game plan, and, and executing that game plan to perfection to beat a good team. So I think that the Titans got the better shake on that deal and ended up beating the brakes off us. Um, and yeah, convincing fashion. So I don't think that that game is a good benchmark to... To, to place because the Bills are, are way better in that than that game. And I think that it was all because of that COVID uh, scheduling stuff. But this, like, yes, like I said, the Bills, uh, the, the Titans are a really beatable team. Though worrisome, this team is one that the Bills can and should beat. I'll be at this game, hopefully, and I'll be expecting a Bills W. I will, I will, I will not take anything less than a Bills W. Our defense versus their offense and our offense versus their defense. I think it comes down to the wire, but I think the Bills win. I think this could be a sneaky game of the year type game. and I really hope it is. So let's move on to number two. One away from number one. I think you guys probably know who I'm going to say for number one. But number two is the Cleveland Browns. Baker is on the rise. I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback. Not even a top ten quarterback. But he most certainly could be by the end of the season. I am not the biggest Baker fan. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of him when he was at Oklahoma. I wasn't a big fan of him coming into the league. And I'm still not a big fan of him now. I respect how he's gotten better. He's kind of, you know, he, he's progressing like a normal quarterback does, not like how Josh Allen just all of a sudden exploded into an MVP caliber player. But I think... When you look at Baker Mayfield five, six years down the road, I think this is going to be a guy that you can, you can build your franchise on. I'm not going to say he's a franchise quarterback, but he's damn near close. Um, I think that Baker has all the, the gifts. He has, all, he has it all. He has the whole package. He can, he can escape. He can run. He can, he can throw the ball well. He just has to put it together, and I think he is, is slowly figuring that out. So I think that with a... With a a, a growing Baker and the weapons that they have on both sides of the ball. Talk about their offense, juice, OBJ, along with Chubb and Hunt. Like, it's just crazy, man. Like they have, and they've got really good tight end. I think Austin Hooper, maybe if I'm thinking correctly. Um, I don't really know their entire uh, offensive, like, you know, all their pass catching units, but just, Juice Landry, OBJ, Chubb, and Hunt alone is crazy. The fact that, they, that, that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are in the same backfield is crazy. So they can lean on the run. They can lean on the pass, meaning you don't really know what you're going to get with the Browns on offense. 
Um, so that is what worries me the most. I, I'm also worried about their defense, though. Their defensive side is really good. They just picked up JOK, who slipped way, way too far, in my opinion. Um, I really wanted JOK. Uh, he was there at 30 when we had the pick, when we took Gregory Rousseau. I was a little pissed because I wanted JOK so, so bad because I think he really could have been a difference maker on this defense. Uh, playing that big nickel, I think he would have fit this defense super well. But I also think that Greg Rousseau, after thinking about it, Rousseau and Basham growing together within this organization that has proven that they can pump out great talent from project guys. I, I 100% believe in Rousseau and Basham. So I, 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 don't, I, I don't even care. I'm not even going to think about JOK. He's gone. I like Rousseau. I like Basham. I'm not upset by it. But this roster, this Browns roster is loaded. They look good on paper. That's what I'm saying. This roster is loaded. They look good on paper. But can they turn their nice-looking roster into wins? That's the biggest question. That's always the biggest question going into the season. A lot of teams look really good on paper. But don't put it together during the season. And during the season is what it, what it all comes down to. I mean, it goes for any sport. You can have a nice-looking team on paper. But when you play the game, it's completely different than looking at stats and looking at PFF grades and all that stuff. It comes down to the 60 minutes on the field, and that's just facts. Like, the Browns look good, but can Stefanski put together the plan that's going to put the Browns, what I think, in the top three of the AFC? I think that they can have a good enough season. I think... They're in a tough division, Ravens, you know, Ravens, they got the Bengals, which I think is two, two pretty free wins for the Browns, but they've got the Bengals, they've got the Steelers, and they've got the Ravens, and those are all teams you kind of got to watch out for. I think the Steelers are on the, are on the decline, but I don't think they're on like a 3-14 and 14 decline. I think they're probably going to go 500. As long as they have Tomlin, they're not going to be bad, uh, but they're not going to be good this year, and I think that the Browns will beat them, and Steelers fans will be very, very upset that I'm saying that and that it's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guarantee it, to be honest. I think that this, this Browns team is most likely going to come in first in that division. Um, I, I, I see them going like 13-4, and 12-5, and five, and that I think is probably first in that division um, because it is a tough division. Um, and the Ravens, I see them losing games, even though I said that they were worrisome. I see them losing games that they shouldn't lose. So I think that the Browns have a good chance to be really – high up there in the AFC standings but come season end. But it's all on Stefanski, in my opinion. If you've got this beautiful roster, you've got to put together the right game plan. You've got to put together what's going to work week in and week out. And, you know, we've seen it with Sean McDermott. He's the game plan master. He has proven last year that he can scheme up most teams and look really good against them. I think that he's still got a lot of room to grow. Like, obviously, I was saying... I, I might have said that in an earlier recording that I'm probably not going to post, but I was saying that Sean McDermott looked timid in the Chiefs game, and I think that in those big moments, sometimes he gets in his own head, and I think that he's probably going to work on that. He, he knows that. If I know that, he knows that, because McDermott is a way smarter football guy than I am, um, and that's 100% the truth. So number two is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they are very, very beatable. As I'm talking about how worried, how, how worried I am about them, they are very beatable. Um, you take the ball out of Chubb's hands and make 
Baker beat you wire to wire. Uh, make Baker meet you, beat you from the, from the jump, from quarter one to quarter four. I don't think Baker can do that yet. I think that might be maybe a couple years down the road for him. I don't think he's a wire-to-wire quarterback. Um, you know, he, he, it seems like there are so many games that he plays where he has a terrible first quarter and then explodes in the last three, or he has a bad third quarter or a bad fourth quarter. He just can't seem to put together a full game. Um, and if, 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 if Baker can put together a full game, the Browns can win. And that's just, that's, that's the way, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, another thing that the Browns need. Wire-to-wire play from their quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, so make Baker beat you the entirety of the game. That's the way you beat him. So let's move on to number one, our final spot. I'm sure you are all guessing who it is. Yes, you are correct. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Obviously, those are people that you have to worry about because they are top five in their position group in the NFL, and they're all on the same team. This is kind of reminiscent of like those really good Golden State Warriors teams where you just look at the roster and everybody's good and everybody can beat you. But... That 73-9 Warriors team did lose in the NBA championship. And that's what I'm getting to this point. At the end, I will talk about why they are beatable. But they are the number one team to worry about. And I worry about them a lot because they're a dynasty in the making. And I do not want another New England Patriots. I would rather sell my soul than have to be buried by another franchise for the next 20 years. I don't think that's going to happen. By dynasty in the making, I think 10 years probably. I think the Chiefs, starting from two years ago, up another 10 years, will be a perennial championship caliber team. As long as they got Patrick Mahomes, I think that they're probably set. Travis Kelsey will probably stick around for a long time. Tyreek Hill will probably stick around. You know, it just doesn't seem like that this team is going to get any worse anytime soon. So we better strap in, we better build the pieces, we better build the team that we have now and just keep on building it year after year and at some point we will be better than them. And I think that we are right on the horizon. We are right at the breaking point. All we got to do is beat them. I can't say that the Chiefs are worse than us until we beat them. You know, like I, I know some people can say the Bills are better than the Chiefs. I can't confidently say that without seeing my boys in the Bills red, white, and blue beating those Chiefs. So that's like my power rankings start with Chiefs 1, Bills 2. And I think the Bills are just about as close as you can get to being the best in the NFL, or at least the best in the AFC. So the Chiefs have ability everywhere. You look on the field... And there's really not many glaring weak spots um, that you can exploit through game plan. Um, and that's worrisome, in my opinion. I think if, if, if you're looking at a team, looking at the roster, you're looking at game film, and you're seeing that there's not much you can do to beat this team, that is something you need to worry about and then scheme up correctly. There is a way to beat them. And I, I, don't, I don't think I know the correct way to beat them, but I trust the football minds in Buffalo that they can figure out a way to beat them. Now, we have proven that we have not figured that out yet. Um, the two games that we did play 
against Kansas City were pretty atrocious. They were pretty pretty tough to watch. Um, the first one wasn't too bad, but the AFC Championship game uh, was very disappointing, as I thought the Bills had a really, really good chance of beating that team. I mean, the Chiefs went to the wire with the Browns, man. Like, this is just what I was saying. Like, they probably should have lost that game. In all honesty, the Browns put up a better fight than we did. I know the Bills are a better team, but I think that, I don't know, maybe it was the fact that Mahomes did get hurt. Um, I mean, what's his name? Chad Henney also made the meme, anything is possible, uh, relevant again. And I, I, I mean, if, if the Browns can almost beat him, and I think the Bills are better than the Browns, then the Bills can beat them. That is just how I think about it. Um, and the Bills put it together. They got it. I can't give a definite reason or a definite game plan to beat them. Um, I, maybe I got to watch more film on the Chiefs. I don't watch Chiefs games because I don't want to because I think of them as our rivals. Uh, I mean, I watch them if they're prime time, but I'm, I'm most of the time watching the Bills if the Chiefs are on, obviously. So getting to my final point, they are 100% beatable. We saw it last year. Um, the team that the, the Bills fielded in 2020 could have been done it. They could have beat them at least once. And this year, I think uh, our matchups end different. I really do. I think that the, the Chiefs lose to us in the regular season. Um, that might be a hot take. I don't know what everyone else is feeling. Um, I did do a schedule review, and I did say that the Bills, I think, are going to win in a game-of-the-year type game. I said that about the Titans game, too. I think we're going to have back-to-back absolute nail-biters against two of the best teams in the AFC. I think it's going to be fun. And if you lose on a nail-biter, you know, yeah, it hurts for the night, but at least you put up a damn good fight um, against one of the top-tier teams in the league. Um, And I think that it's a 100% possibility that the Bills can beat both the Titans and the Chiefs. But this, when I get to my point about how they are 100% beatable, they're beatable because... We saw it all, all regular season long. The Chiefs were in all these close games with all these teams that, that didn't look, that, that weren't as good as them. They weren't as good as the Bills either. Like, they were, like, down bad against teams like, like, I mean, they lost to the Raiders. They were close to losing to teams like the Dolphins. And um, I think they had a, a kind of a run with the Jets a little bit. In the end, I think that game ended up being somewhat of a solid victory for them, but I mean, it's just, it just seems like this team is, is, is a, they can be beat by having a complete game. The Bills need to have a wire to wire complete game. We cannot have a crappy third quarter like we sometimes do. We cannot come out flat out of the locker room. We cannot come out flat at the beginning of the game. You have to be on fire from the second you step on that field, the second you put on your, the second you're warming up, you got to be on fire to beat the Chiefs. So, all in all, I think the Chiefs are beatable, but they are 100% the most worrisome team in the AFC. So, with that, that is all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the All Day Buffalo podcast. This has been episode 16. This is a beautiful Saturday, the day you are listening, or maybe it's another day. Um, I don't know when you're listening, but if you are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I appreciate it so much. 
like I said, it's been a dream of mine to do something like this. And I thank you guys for listening to me and making my dream come true. So, as I always say at the end of my podcasts, make sure you check out everybody on the BIB Podcast Network because it is flames through and through. Everyone is so good at what they do. Everyone brings their own flavor. Um, like check out DM3 and A Rich on Bill's Ology. Um, they always bring the heat. My guy Justice on the Windchill Factor podcast, Vince, Jake Jordan, uh, Charlie, everybody. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anyone. Uh, Icy Mike's. Make sure you check everybody out because it's amazing, because we're the best and we're growing big time. So thanks so much, guys. Have an amazing day. And as always, go Bills. See you later, y'all. Thank you.